in that take. Um, I, I just don't see them not bringing him back. And if they bring him back, it would be the most wise for them financially to extend his contract a year or two. Welcome in to a very weird episode of the Hot Read Podcast for Friday, March the 24th. I'm your host, Easton Fries, director of published content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We're also brought to you by the 440 Podcast Network, and I have to apologize profusely for the way that I sound. Um, not, I mean, I'm healthy, I'm fine, I'm not sick, but I'm sure the audio is kind of janky because I'm on my phone at the moment. Um, Xfinity decided that they were going to, sh- well, they decided they were going to work on the internet in my neighborhood. And they said there would be intermittent pauses of connectivity, which apparently translates to like the last 18 hours. Um, so we're making do here. Obviously, we didn't have this show out. For, I say we. I forgot to even introduce my producer, JT, joining me as always. He's the, my better half today because he's going to be uh, he's, he's gonna my seeing eye dog leading the blind through today's episode as I'm That's right. without my like... computer, without the, <laughs> without the rundown, without Twitter. Um, how are you, JT? <laughs> I, I'm good. I, I I left the show on Wednesday in the middle of it, right? right. Um, only to find out that you called me your service dog on this show. That so I guess I'm the accident. hot read service dog. Um, <laughs> and I guess it's never it's never been truer than today. Um, I, it was it was foreshadowing. You're right. I, I'm so glad to be back, though, considering. I now get to lead you through this and also maybe uh, hopefully learn my lesson to never leave the show again as I leave and you just start giving your phone number out willy-nilly to, to the people true. of the you, world. You um, left and you left for like 10 <laughs> seconds and I decided to give out my phone number, which may come back to haunt me. I decided yes. to uh, go after I said that I was almost done with the show. You left. and I decided that we were just going to make it the XL show and I went another like 30 minutes without you. Yes. Um, I, I forgot how to speak English many times. Correct. Uh, I, I called you a service dog, which was foreshadowing for today. And then uh, the entire infrastructure of our show collapsed, uh, courtesy once again of Xfinity. I'm going to mention Xfinity like seven times today as like a reverse ad to just smear exactly. campaign because I'm, I'm infuriated by them currently. And uh, after this show, I'm going to go find somebody at Xfinity and uh, ream them for what they have done to me. Uh, which is such, I mean, it's such a first world problem, but it's also my job to be on the internet and uh, I can't do that at the moment. So we are going to talk about the Titans today and not just, you don't have to sit here and listen to me whine about connectivity issues um, for 30 minutes. We are going to do a shorter episode today. Oh, and I forgot to even mention, if you're a, a regular listener of the show, then you were hoping, or maybe maybe you weren't looking forward as giddily as I was. I was looking forward to today doing what we promised we were going to do, going through my mock draft 1.0 which I said was going to come out this week on Broadway. Two things have stopped us from doing that. One, the obvious, the internet. I didn't want to do such an important show to me. And I think one of our most informative shows of this draft season, without a proper setup, without proper video, without good audio, all of those things. Um, So we just, and and, you know, a mock draft is going to be evergreen as it is today on Monday. So we're going to do that Monday for sure. I know for sure, because I've already done all the work. I just need internet. Um, and as long as Xfinity doesn't decided to really screw me over, we will be doing it Monday. So um, we've paused that article going out on Broadway because we had a, a handful of things that we wanted to get out this week that 
uh, kind of trumped that. I want that to be in a good time slot. All of these things, just logistics have gotten in the way. I promise the mock draft is done. It's very interesting. We're going to go through it in detail, probably like 90 minutes of in-depth discussion around 40 some odd different prospects in the draft on Monday. So really going to start, I think, getting into the meat of our off-season draft season discussion. So super excited by that. Sorry that it had to be postponed. I really was trying. We've tried behind the scenes very hard to make it work for today. It just is not going to. And we didn't want to rush. So today, instead, we're going to do a couple of minutes talking through the news of the week. JT, as we have mentioned, is going to help lead me through some of these news articles or news pieces, articles of information that we need to discuss. And then we'll get out of here on a short episode. And uh, we'll see you again Monday, hopefully back to normal. Sound good? Sounds great to me. Um, All right. So, so what we, we got can, first we can jump right today. in here. We're only going to sure. talk about a few Titans things because not too much has happened this week in terms of news. Of course, the Discord never stops. But we're going to start here with Austin Hooper, who is saying his farewells to the Titans. He's reached a one-year deal with the, I was about to say Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders. Here after, of yeah, course, yeah. they trade away Darren Waller for a third-round pick in this year's draft to the Giants, which leaves them a pretty big hole in their tight end room. They sign Austin Hooper to a one-year deal. Now, I'm not sure quite what the what the terms are. I can't imagine it's near that $10 million mark that he was getting paid saw- last year. No, no, no. I saw the terms, and I'm trying to see if I can pull them up real quick. It was something in the two to three million range. Um, gotcha. But yeah, it was. E- it was either way, it was certainly a significantly lower number than he was being paid in Tennessee. It, it's it's definitely one where it seems like there's a little bit of a shift here, as in the right direction. It would seem. Hopefully with Austin Hooper, maybe on his way out on a shorter deal to a different team, maybe we're finally getting the sign that the Titans are a full go on Chiga Conquo season. 2023 Chig season is now loading into the chamber here. It is. Of course, the there yep. it is Prince's who was promised maybe coming very soon. Yep. Still leaves a question, though. The Titans only have Chig on their roster right now, considering the tight end position, meaning they need at least two more guys in that room. A couple names could be Cameron Brait, Mercedes Lewis, Irv Smith, Drew Sample, among other options that are probably going to merit the same amount that Austin Hooper had. But Yep. Those guys, to me, the difference between Austin Hooper and a guy like Cameron Brait or Irv Smith or someone like that, it seems that they're, they kind of play secondary roles to yes. maybe like a tight end one that Chig is hopefully going to play. He's going to be that tight end one slash wide receiver two kind of role for the Titans next year. Right at the and you moment, need, You need kind of the, yes, maybe, maybe a spoiler warning. Titans fans would hope he's not having to be wide receiver two, but exactly. you could see it happening, right? Um, but bringing in a guy like Cameron Braid or Mercedes Lewis to play more of that Jeff Swaim role or get a, a more blocking tight end in there, something that still very much needs to happen for this team. So it'll be very interesting how they attack that, whether they go out and sign one of these guys or foreshadowing, maybe take one or one of them in the draft because it is a very deep tight end class. It, it'll be very interesting what they do here. Yeah, so that Hooper contract is one year, $2.75 million with the Las Vegas Raiders. It's, um, well, before we talk about the contract, I will say, it, I, I don't, 
Um, have a ton to say on Hooper, but my my thinking did evolve on him. I, I remember early, very, very early in the offseason, before the NFL season had ever wrapped up, talking about how I was hoping the Titans would bring him back because I really liked the player that he became in the back half of the year. He was the Titans wide receiver, too, statistically, throughout the year. In the first half of the season last year, he was pretty non-existent. He was a non-factor. But then by October, I would say, and I'm not looking at his actual numbers right now, but there was a hard switch somewhere in there in the October, maybe early November area of the season in which he became um, a, a significant element of the passing attack. And it was one of the only things for a while that that kept the Titans afloat in the passing game. Afloat is a generous word, um, like head above water, flailing, desperate for air, I suppose. But with, with Hooper going to another team as a free agent, the Titans obviously weren't interested in him. If they were interested, they could have easily beaten the number that he was given by the Raiders. It, it is yet another indication of this free agent market for all positions just across the board being really, really depleted, being really um, – well, depleted is the wrong word, but being uh, really uh, uh, conservative. The, the contracts being thrown around are really meager – unimpressive um and it's it, you know a direct correlation to the fact that the players being signed are generally speaking pretty conservative unimpressive players they're depth role players we talked about this at length on wednesday's episode you should go check that out but um with hooper it is my my thinking on him changed when i kind of came to the realization a duh moment that that his role was just too similar to chigs and that's the absolutely the reason why the Titans ended up not bringing him back not because he's not a good player not because he's a player they wouldn't like having in the room I can tell you this much if Chig hadn't really popped by the end of the year and shown flashes um given the Titans a lot of reason to have confidence and excitement about him going forward as a starting NFL tight end then Austin Hooper would probably still be in Nashville it's that flash that Chig showed that that ended up letting them having them let him walk essentially and uh, go to the Raiders on a one year deal for a meager amount of money. The Titans, like you mentioned, are going to have to bring in some guys in terms of you, you mentioned a handful of names, JT, and those were pretty much all of the guys on the free agent market that would be any impact you'd imagine on, on a team. Other than that, it's guys that are really just going to be backups in the draft. We love this free agent or this uh, draft pool of prospects at tight end. It, you only wish the Titans had more draft picks to expend because they've got to pick and choose their spots with only six at the moment. Maybe they can trade back and get some more. But it does make you think a guy like Darnell Washington, a guy maybe later in the rounds um, like a, a Payne Durham, those kind of guys are going to be, I, I'm sure, high on the Titans' radar, um, especially if they – I'll be very interested, JT, how many tight ends they have on the roster going into draft night. I'd imagine they have at least one more guy. I wouldn't rule out Jeff Swaim as a possibility as much as people hate him. You alluded to it, JT. This team, alongside Chig, has to have at least one Jeff Swaim-style player, right? And it does not have to be Jeff Swaim. There are players in the NFL that fill a Jeff Swaim role who are very good at football. So you can get a, a just a better Jeff Swaim, but you need somebody that is a threat as an inline blocker as as well as I mean, what you really need is a guy that is a dual threat tight end, right, JT? Remember, do you not remember us talking at length this season about how because the tight end personnel they had on this team were so defined in one role or the other, they were essentially the Titans telegraphing 
the play calls based on the personnel packages they had in specifically the tight ends. Yeah, it, it was, it was very much not what Rand Carthen wants right now, which is versatility. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone had their assigned role and that's, that's just what they had. So it made it a lot easier for defenses to say, okay, this one's in, they're going with this, you know, it, well, that's we, why a they guy like Darnell definitely Washington need is so attractive to Titans fans, right? Yep. Because he could be that guy that's on the field and you, you as a defense have no idea what they're about to call. Yeah. Uh, let's move on here to another offensive guy who is currently has a little bit of a market, but it is very much dwindling. It was reported earlier this week that DeAndre Hopkins getting a second round pick back for the Arizona Cardinals is pretty much a pipe dream at this at this point. It's looking well, more like the, way the market's going. You'd imagine, right? I mean, exactly. Just so dead. It, it, it's extremely dead, but we see a guy like Brandon Cooks bringing back a fifth and a sixth rounder for the Houston Texans. And that looks probably to be more along the lines of what any wide receiver on this trade market is going to get with yep. the outlier of Elijah Moore, who gets a second rounder in a pick swap for the New York Jets. But of course, he's like 15 years younger than Brandon <laughs> Cooks and DeAndre That's Hopkins. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It, but it begs the question that, now that and on his a, rookie, price, and a rookie contract, by the way, rookie I mean, contract as well. For a yep. guy like more, you're willing to give up the draft capital because you don't have to then shell out the money that you're about to have to shell out for a DeAndre Hopkins. It, it begs the question: Now, is a fifth or sixth rounder for DeAndre Hopkins worth it? At this point, the talent—it's hard to say. I mean, we 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 never seem to see the Titans learning from their history of trading for older veteran wide receivers a aging now, decrepit skill players <laughs> now of course deandre hopkins i feel like even with his missed time last year was still a target monster for that team playing not with kyler murray he played with a lot of quarterbacks who who weren't as good as kyler murray and were still was still oh, yeah. able to produce he was still um, but a top he's... 10 receiver in the league the last time we saw him play i mean he was out for half the season with a a, a ped suspension but he was still that that guy. He was still DeAndre Hopkins when he was playing. So if you're trading for him for a fifth or sixth, you're thinking, hey, maybe we're getting a deal. However, let's look at his money that he's still owed here. Friend of the show, yeah. Zach Lyons over at football and other F-words, basically painted it pretty clearly here. If the Titans were to trade for DeAndre Hopkins, they would inherit a top 10 wide receiver contract. In 2023, he's owed $19.45 million dollars. In 2024, gets a little better with $14.915 million and no guaranteed money. So they could restructure about $17 million of that this year's salary, 2023, to add three void years on and basically have him play on a $2.45 million base salary with a $3.4 million signing bonus for basically around $5 million this next season. It would be a $13.6 million dead money uh, hit at the end of the season, saving them only about $1 million in cap savings. And in 2024, he still pays, he still plays on that $14.915 million contract. Basically, if they were to restructure it, it's still going to come back to haunt them down the road. And if he's able to, yep. if he's able to produce, unlike 
wide receivers of the past that the Titans have gone out and acquired. Um, maybe it looks a little better, but he, he is getting up there in age. I think he's on the uh, worst side of 30 now, right? I'm not Correct. exactly sure how no, old he is. He is. He's, he's he definitely is. 32, he's... 33, somewhere around it's... there. But it, it it it's an interesting thing because Julio Jones was probably even worse off physically when the Titans went out and got him. He was dealing oh, with a lot more injuries and they gave up what a fourth round pick, I believe or second round it was, pick. Th- this year. There's a re- the reason the Titans don't have a fourth round pick in this draft. Yep. It's a, it's a fourth round pick giving up maybe like a fifth or a sixth round pick for Deandre Hopkins to maybe come in and play a veteran role to a budding star in Traylon Burks could have its perks but to me, with the money situation, it just doesn't really seem worth it. And the Titans have have seen what a what a veteran guy on this team looks like who has injury concerns. So for me, I think it's a big no. What about you, Easton? It, so it is interesting. On paper, the proposition became so much more appealing, attractive, uh, maybe maybe in a in a uh, dangerously curious way. The curiosity killed the cat way. But nonetheless, going from a second round price tag, essentially, in order to trade for him to a maybe fifth and sixth rounder, two two day three picks, potentially future picks, that became really enticing for a guy, like I said, in DeAndre Hopkins, who, when we saw him play in the back half of last season, was absolutely still the star that we we know and love. Um, obviously, he's he's lost he's lost his ability to you know, stand up to the durability factors of of the day in, day out of the NFL. He's reached that star status where he's one of those guys, if he's on your roster during the week, he's probably going to be on the injury report, even though he's probably still going to play and he's probably not going to practice a whole lot. You've got to manage those bodies. Um, and, and, you know, he's a guy that, you know, at 30 years old on the nose, he'll be 31 this upcoming season. He's got so many miles on those hamstrings, on those, on those calves, on those quads, on those Achilles, they're they're going to be on the downturn sooner than later. However, when you look at a guy like Julio Jones for comparison, you compare their years before, you know, compare Julio before he was traded away from Atlanta as compared to DeAndre before he is, we're assuming, traded somewhere else this season. DeAndre is absolutely twice the player Julio was, I think, health-wise, and it's a, it's a hindsight perspective, right? We didn't think that at the time when the Titans traded for him. Nobody really did, except for perhaps Falcons fans and people in the Falcons front office who told the Titans and Titans fans, hey, good luck with that guy. You're going to miss a lot of time with him, and they were right. You're not really hearing that from Cardinals fans because that wasn't the case with Hopkins. The vast majority of his time missed was, I believe, the PED suspension. Other than that, in his time in Arizona, he missed a, a, two or three games every year with different minor injury concerns. And so it becomes attractive for a team, generally speaking. Now, when we narrow into, is it attractive or is it reasonable for the Titans to be interested in this for the Titans part? I think the answer is still no. I can understand it being more tempting at that price point. And considering the fact that his contract for a guy of his caliber um, is pretty malleable. I mean, it's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but the fact that, it, it comes where you can essentially push all of his contract uh, cap-wise this year into the future if you want to. 
that's interesting, especially for a team. And the Titans fall into this category. If you're a team interested in him that has a ton of cap space in the future, which the Titans do at the moment, that could be a, a, a tenable option for you. However, when you take away the, the paper and you just look at it thinking rationally, Mike Herndon, friend of the show who we mention all the time, good friend of mine, he mentioned on Twitter a day or two ago, and I, I haven't had the chance, the time yet to do the research on this, JT, but I've really wanted to. And I'd love to know if you have any guys at the top of your head, because I do not. Has there ever been a wide receiver at 30 years or older who was traded for or was a major free agent signing that ended up being worth the amount of money, a star, mind you, a star wide receiver north of 30 years old, traded for or acquired in free agency, signed to a star contract that ended up living up to any of those expectations? I can't think of one. I I might be hard pressed. I I'm sure there might be a couple of guys who aren't who weren't stars, but were a pleasant surprise. But they are few and far in between. Right, like a, a role player. Yeah, and then that's essentially that's essentially the the case here because I feel like the vast majority of the you know they're not all flame outs. Most of the stars that get those star money, they come in for a team and they deal with old people problems in the NFL, but they still are able to produce in a contributor role I mean you saw that from Julio when he was healthy wasn't very often but he wasn't that wide receiver one he was a very nice wide receiver two I'd imagine JT maybe you disagree but I feel like you you would agree that wherever Hopkins goes I think the floor for him is a wide receiver two contributing in a big way when he's healthy I think he absolutely still has that ceiling of wide receiver one because we just saw it when he was playing with the Cardinals however for the Titans sake and you have to consider where you are in the team building process, in the cycle of team building. It just doesn't make any sense. And I'd imagine, given their recent history of flame out big free agent or trade signings of veteran stars in the recent past with John Robinson, the PTSD is just too strong. Maybe if Julio Jones had never been in the picture for the Titans, fans and media and the front office would be thinking differently. But I'd imagine they're going to learn from their mistake here. I don't think there's really any chance that he comes to Tennessee. But stranger things have happened. Let's look at the Titans cap situation right now, considering that DeAndre Hopkins or a bunch of those right. other free agents and we, would and be we finally, owed a lot of money. In, we finally, for the first time in like a month, have a somewhat clear picture of where they stand. Yeah, so before we get to the actual number, let's talk about Sean Murphy bunting because his... Uh, contract details have finally come out. He's on a one-year, $3.5 million contract with two void years. Includes a $2.42 million signing bonus, which means his 2023 cap hit is $1.886 million with $1.6 million in dead money in 2024. Right, Gut reaction seems like a pretty good deal for a for a guy of this caliber i think he's gonna a, a bring starter right a potential starter. i think i think it's a really good deal for the titans it, it, to me it kind of seems like his market wasn't out there considering he was a top 30 corner according to pff metrics um now take, take those as you will but it seems to me it's more of a one year kind of a one-year basis prove it deal can you kind of reproduce what you produced in the back half of the season last year i think it's an interesting deal. It's going to bring, of course, like we said, he's maybe the second oldest guy in that locker room behind Trey Avery. 
So brings some veteran presence, some playoff experience, of course, being on that Super Bowl winning team for the Bucks. It, it, it seems like a pretty good deal for Rand Carthen and company to bring in Sean Murphy bunting on a contract like that. Now, JT, we don't have any video for me on this show because of my internet situation. So I need you to give me an assist here. It's time to get the Brian Windhorst fingers out. Now, why would Rand Carthen put two void years on the end of this contract? JT, do you have any idea why he might do that? Um, uh, please enlighten us. Well, perhaps because it's not a rebuild. It's a retool. There's no reason to push that size of a contract into the future with two void years. I don't believe, unless I'm just gravely mistaken and somebody can educate me on this. I, I, as far as I'm aware, that, that doesn't make any sense to do unless you're going through at the very, you know, at the very worst, a retool, a, a reload. Um, that's the kind of contract that, that was a 5.25 million. You can absolutely just make that a do, do what the, you know, do what the Raiders did with, with Austin Hooper, just make it a one year payout. And so, um, it, it's, it's one of those things where I just, I don't think it's, it's, um, I don't think it's a, you mentioned how much cap space the Titans have remaining in total. Yeah. Or have we not gotten to that? Not, we have not gotten to that. Okay. Yet, but real, I can, real, but we can, we can go into it right now. Yeah, real that's, quick. that's, that is important to what I have to say. So let's talk about that as well. The, the Titans now that kind of the dust has settled on the first early wave of free agency, the rush of it, the Titans now have $7,152,103 in cap space, putting them 25th in the league in total cap space available it after a couple of these signings of when seeing how many holes they still have to go, it, it seems like it's a not, not the number that you want considering there are a lot of other teams who sign bigger guys. Like you can look at the Bengals who have Orlando Brown and they just signed him to a mega deal and they still have $18 million in cap. It's not exactly where you want to be if you're the Titans and you want to just retool. Yeah, it, it is. So that, that was pertinent to what I had to say. In terms of where the Titans are in general, cap space-wise right now, it, it is a situation in which I think they're in pretty decent shape, not because of the amount of space they have remaining. And in, in part, you know, that, that amount of space, would, I mean, that would have been a much lower number if they hadn't void-yearded void -yeared Murphy Bunting's contract out a little bit. He would have taken a, a pretty – I mean, him and Andre Dillard both uh, have deals like that. Now, Dillard – his contract came out in the past couple of days as well. You can find that on Twitter. Um, but the details of that contract include 10 million guaranteed on his, I think 29 million three year contract. I believe it has some void years as well. There's some cap um, maneuvering going on there at the very least. It is all in part because the Titans have a lot of work to do in this free agency in this off season, in this draft season. I don't, think that they're done even close to done really with with their additions now in terms of big splash signings i don't really see any others out there for them to make except for maybe a big trade for a wide receiver maybe you see them go get a guy like alameda zacchaeus in uh in atlanta you could see potentially a jerry judy in denver um, I know that there's a lot of people very high on, and I cannot blame them, potentially looking at Mike Evans out of Tampa. 
who is um, a guy that is getting up there, not nearly as old. I don't. I think he's a couple, definitely a couple years younger than Hopkins. One of the most consistent receivers in the league. One of the best receivers in the league. The problem with that one, I think that hopes may get a little too high just because when you survey the entire trade and free agent market for wide receivers right now, he's kind of clearly the best one to go after. And I think every team is going to recognize that. So it's going to come at, I think the, the, the supply and demand on that one might come with a higher price tag than we've seen for other guys. Um, but that $8 million number, while it's not enough for them to make more significant moves, it is enough for them where they stand. When you consider the amount of money they have sitting at their disposal in other players' contracts. There's a big chunk of money available if they were to extend Ryan Tannehill, which, by the way, just a warning to everybody, JT and I were talking about this off-air yesterday. We fully expect the Titans to do at this point. Um, I know uh, Paul Kaharski, member of the 440 Podcast Network uh, and friend of the show, was talking about it on his show this week as well, that he expects the Titans to do that. The conversations that I've had, the, just the logic that is that is dictated by the the time and place that the Titans are in right now. You know, we've been banging this drum earlier than anyone else, JT. No one else in the Titans media has been saying it as long as we have, as confident as we have. Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback for this team once again in 2023. Said it the, the day after the Titans season ended and have been saying it ever since. I think now more than ever, I'm more confident in that take. Um... I, I just don't see them not bringing him back. And if they bring him back, it would be the most wise for them financially to extend his contract a year or two um, because that would give them a significant chunk of, of cap space. They also have a couple other guys in Kevin Byard, uh, potentially Derek Henry. Um, there are some others in which they can make some space should they choose to. And I think that they will. I, I think that the Tannehill one at the very least is absolutely a lock to happen. I don't see them not doing that because they have more needs uh, and they need money to, to fill those needs. Reminder, they have to pay the draft class as well. So if they just sit at their eight some odd million dollars available to them right now, a little bit over half of that is going to go towards the draft class. You can't know for sure where they'll draft. But right now, the estimate, according to Zach Lyons, who has crunched the numbers on this last I saw, it's somewhere in the four, four and a half range, uh, four, four and a half million dollars that they need to set aside for the draft class to sign. Um, and so they, they need some more money. I think that they'll get some more money. And I think that they're not done making moves. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you see two or three or more starting caliber players, you know, role players, not splash signings or trades, but, st you know, starting caliber players added to this team before the draft gets here. Because the defense is in good shape, JT, as we've mentioned. But the offense, there's a lot of holes to fill. Let's move on to our final story of the day. And it's it's not one that is a Titans-related one per se, although it could. Maybe maybe the Titans have talked themselves into negotiating with this man. We're, we're talking, of course, about the ghost... Uh, what, what what am I looking for? Ghost agent of Lamar Jackson here, Ken Francis. So if you haven't heard about this, it, it's it's probably the best story of. I mean, you say ghost week. agent. That's a political way of saying fake agent. Yes, um, not, definitely not a real agent. Just the guy. not a real agent. Just a guy. So no. the 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 NFL Management Council put a memo out to all teams on March twenty third, which was yesterday. 
Uh, and I'll just read the first the first line of this memo real quick. The NFLPA has informed us that a person by the name of Ken Francis, who is not an NFLPA certified agent, may be contacting clubs and attempting to persuade club personnel to enter into negotiations with or concerning Lamar Jackson, who is currently under a non-exclusive franchise tender with the Baltimore Ravens. Um I, I just the 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 gonads on this man Ken Ken Francis to just just decide randomly. I'm gonna I mean he's a hustler, man. Some, you got to respect a, the hustle on this guy. He's got to respect just, the hustle. Just to call up teams and be like, all right, what are we getting for Lamar Jackson? And it, it sounds like at least one, maybe more personnel in some of these teams bought it because otherwise why would the NFLPA and the management council have to put out a memo <laughs> like this if if so actually actually no JT they, no. they didn't buy it they didn't buy it they they it was quite the opposite they did not buy it they 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 contacted oh, and they, the they, NFL they contacted and said, him and they're like who is this correct Mike, Mike Florio over at uh, PFT and NBC he he was talking about on his show I don't know if it was today or yesterday I saw a clip of it this morning where he was talking about he knows for sure from firsthand sources that this guy Ken Francis Kenny Franchise as I'll refer to him Ken Francis great name Kenny Franchise because he's the agent now apparently uh, Kenny Franchise had in fact contacted multiple front offices not trying to strike up a deal necessarily I guess not trying to come in and actually negotiate, but but trying to kickstart conversations to lead down that path to to try to get drum up interest essentially is what he was doing for Lamar Jackson. But he was contacting player personnel executives in front offices in the NFL so much so that it caused many of them to go to the NFL main office in New York and say, we don't know who this guy is, but he's been calling all of us about Lamar and we don't think he's allowed to do that. And the NFL looked into it and they said, yeah. He's not allowed to do that at all. And so they sent out this franchise. It, it is hilarious. The the, uh, the the specter of him, the legend of Kenny franchise has grown so quickly. It was it was announced or I guess reported by Tom Bellicero yesterday that Ken Francis is a Florida man. By the way, I saw many people responding saying that Florida man was minus 650. It was very it was very short odds for Ken to end up being a Florida man. He is a Florida man who most recently was pitching a home fitness invention, I'm told. He is now trying to negotiate a nine-figure contract with NFL teams who are being told they're not allowed to negotiate with him because he's not a certified agent. So uh, this preceded, JT, I don't know if you even saw this yesterday. Lamar Jackson, after this became a, a huge deal on uh, Friday or Thursday afternoon, then put out a commercial of said home fitness invention that he and Ken franchise, according to Lamar, are business partners on starring Lamar using this device, which is like, I couldn't even really tell what it was. It was like a yoga mat and uh, like a variable dumbbell set and um, like a, a smart uh, iPad screen attached to a, like a rolling dolly. So I guess it's like a gym that you can take around with you. I, it was very strangely. I never seen anything like it, but they are very proud of it. it is a, is on a football field, this commercial starring Lamar Jackson using it in all of its different ways. And Lamar put out the commercial for that like three hours after this news dropped. So brilliant. I mean, listen, all press is good press. This is, that is one of those moments. This is brilliant strategy. I'm sure that they're going to make a lot more money on that now than they otherwise would have. Because of Kenny Franchise's decision to try to call NFL franchises to 
to stretch. I mean, can you blame him? Can you blame him wanting to get a 10% cut of a $200 million contract? I, I'm not I mean, a I mathematician, can, but, but that, that's, a, that's a pretty significant amount of money. Maybe we should start calling front offices and seeing what we I can mean, I mean, considering that it, the the video that Lamar Jackson posted about this this whole gym package in one got 6.1 million views on <laughs> on Twitter. Um, yeah. Maybe 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 the Hot Read podcast has to start maybe being fake agents and start drumming up some business for a a 20 year 1.5 billion dollar contract for Chicago. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's something that we need to look into. But well, maybe um, it may have it may have jumped the shark in the NFL. Perhaps we take this cross league and start calling. MLB front offices asking Ooh. for a six, $600 million Shohei Atane uh, contract because Shohei is going to be, you know, raking in money sooner than later. So we can just decide we're his fake agents and try to get a cut. We're, I mean, what's the it wor- could work. What's the well, worst? If, if, if we, if no we do me. that, okay, I'll take that as a win. We can only do that if we have something, we have to have something completely unrelated to sports to try to sell once we get the publicity that we desire. Like maybe this revolutionizes the business world. Maybe it every might. inventor uh, invents a thing, and then instead of paying to go on Shark Tank or like put your thing on on TV to try to get people to call in to buy it, maybe they just you, you invent a step one, invent something. Step two, produce that thing. Step three, pretend to be an agent of a major sports star and call all the front offices until you get in trouble for it. Step four, once you're in trouble, advertise that thing. Step five, profit. I mean, that seems pretty straightforward to me. It seems pretty straightforward, and I think that is going to do it for our very fried show today. But before we get out of here, <laughs> let's episode. let's uh, let's let's maybe throw out a question to to our maybe the uh, four horsemen of the apocalypse. Who, by the way, it's a very oh. big growing class of uh, horsemen of the apocalypse. By the way, before we get out of here, let's just talk about them. But maybe if they want to reach out to us and maybe give us some ideas for what we should invent to start going out to different teams and trying to market, please let us know. But yes. Yeah. We, we have a growing list. We do. And I'd forgotten all about that until you mentioned it because my day has been so hectic. Um, I, we, I've talked to a number of fourth horseman applicants. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you, you need to go back and listen to Wednesday's show. We were talking about who the four horsemen of the apocalypse of the hot read podcast apocalypse are the four guys that we feel like are always like the the never miss a an episode listeners, the A plus blue chip listeners, the Hall of Fame listeners, who are our guys, who really loves this show. We could identify three of them without having to ask. We just know based on the way they interact with the show, that's who they are. We didn't know who the fourth was. We we put out an all call for that. That's why I gave up my phone number on the show last week. So listen, if you want to be considered. Go find my number and text me about. It. Don't if you call me, I'm going to block you. But if you text me about it, I'll text you back. Um, I've gotten messages from at least three people. Um, last I checked, one texted me, a couple DM'd me on Twitter. You know who you are. I've not forgotten about you. I know one in particular. I mentioned we'd talk ad nauseum about you and name you the fourth horseman. The others, there's there's going to be a uh, a a prize for you as well. Not a real one, but just for you to feel good about yourself. We'll talk about that on Monday. Okay, well, I'm gonna write. I'm writing that down right now as a note to remember to talk about. Um, so we will do that. We've not forgotten about you. The rest of you, um, if you want to be a horseman, let us know. If you, you you have to be a loyal listener, okay? You can't be a guy that tunes in when you find an interesting headline and you want to hear us talk about it. You need to be a don't miss a show listener. And if you are, let us know. 
and we'll put you on the short list. You can be a part of the team. Um, uh, a great way to let us know, JT, just a segue, would be if you let us know that you're a horseman via a review of the show on Apple Podcasts or on yes, Spotify, yeah. then you're absolutely going to get bumped up the priority list for sure. Um, we, we appreciate everyone leaving us reviews. It's very helpful for us selling the show and the algorithm and all of those things. So if you could leave a five-star rating and a review, we would really, really appreciate that. And that's going to do it for us today. Again, apologies for the quality issues. Apologies for the very scuffed nature of this show. We will be back in full force on Monday. Mock Draft 1.0. Cannot wait to discuss it. Until then, I'm your host, Easton Freeze. For producer JT, this has been the Hot Read Podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.